How's it going, everybody? This is the Board Certified Gaming Podcast. It's the podcast where we talk about, what else? Video games. And if you didn't guess that from the title, I mean, it says gaming in there, so we can't really spell that out any better for you. You just have to catch up. This is about video games. All right, now we're, now we're all caught up. I'm Andy, and I'm flying solo today. Amar's uh, busy, and speaking of flying, I just flew in from Arizona after a Labor Day weekend trip, and boy, are my arms tired. But um, tsh, I'm just a little embarrassed because I did not get that joke until I was an adult. Just a little sad, I know. I should, I, kids can figure that out, I'm pretty sure. Some small birds can figure that out, but, you know. Middle school Andy did not figure that out, and somehow adult Andy did. I don't know. That's me, I guess. <laughs> so, today we are going to talk about old games brought into the new age. Mainly remasters and ports. Because we can't have enough nostalgia in our lives. It's never enough. We need more. Always, just give it to me. Just remake my entire childhood. That would be fantastic. Just give me the opportunity to do that. But first, something you guys can do is leave feedback on what we're doing here for the podcast. You can leave a review, a rating. You can subscribe, follow, leave comments, all that other stuff. Just to let us know how we're doing. And if you guys are liking what we're doing, if you're vibing with it, how you're feeling. We appreciate any kind of feedback you guys can give because... We're going to think we're the hottest shit otherwise. Which, I mean, let's be honest, we kind of are. So, I mean, who are we kidding? But make sure to leave comments, you know, like the videos if you like them. Follow the podcasts. They're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Three different avenues for you guys to enjoy this content. I'm going to tell you it's the same content on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So I'm just throwing that out there. Don't expect anything different. It's the podcast. But on YouTube, there's all kinds of content we have, including the podcasts. We have Let's Play videos. We have reviews, first impressions videos, top 10 lists, all kinds of other stuff. So go check that out. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram account where we post everything that's happening. We tweet fun stuff. We have a bunch of pictures that goes on the Instagram. You can see our ugly faces, mostly mine. Amar looks pretty good. So there's that. Finally, we have a Twitch channel where we stream video games and play live. So it's not a recording. It's live. We have the technology to do that. And you guys can come say hi to us. We'll say hi back. That's how it works. You know, we play video games and say hi to people and talk to them who are in the chat. Come stop by and talk to us. You know, we don't bite. Only the bedroom, you know, unless you want to be bit. I mean, I can I can bite. I don't know. People are into that. But today we're going to talk about remasters and ports because I'm an old man of 25 and my childhood was peak video game years and there's just so much stuff that came out back in the day that I want to play today but I don't want to have to hook up my Nintendo 64 to my HDTV because then it's just going to look like crap which I mean it still probably plays pretty well it's just you know, my eyes are getting bad as an old man. So for those of you who don't know, 
a remaster and a port are two of the same things, but a little bit different. So a remaster is when they take an old game and then remake it into either the same game or a newish kind of game. So they change some things fundamentally, like either the graphics, they enhance it and make it in an engine that's built for today's consoles so it doesn't look like it was made in the year 1998. Or they change up some story. Or in some cases, most popularly the Resident Evil 2 remake, they remake the game entirely from like a whole viewpoint graphically... uh, graphic standpoint they just change the whole thing make it look completely different than what you played back in the day even though it still has the same kind of uh, structure so that's a remaster and a port is just taking it taking a copy of the game as it looked as it played back then and putting it to new consoles just the way it is maybe they change up some little things like the accessibility or the way the controller works because some controllers are built differently from console to console. So they just basically hear that's what the game was. Now you can play it on this new generation of consoles. So most remasters are ports. If So it's like a square rectangle thing. If you get what that is, then thank you. You went to geometry class. All... Uh, All squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. I know, it sounds really stupid that I'm going into shapes right now, but rectangles are two two equal pairs of sides, but a square is all four equal sides. Rectangles don't have four equal sides, but squares do have two pairs of equal sides. If that made sense to you, thank you. If not, I'm sorry, just skip ahead. So remasters are ports of the game. They take the game and make it for new consoles, but they change it and make it better, look prettier, play maybe a little smoother than it was back in the day where ports are just like, here's the game, but it'll not look shitty as on your HGTV. So, I mean, those exist, which did not exist. Remasters and ports didn't exist for a long time, and we were okay with it. Like, creativity was everywhere so new games were coming out new consoles were coming out and new games for it were like hey we got this new brand new ip that we're coming out with and we are super happy because it's nothing anybody's ever seen before you know with more with more years that go by the less original ideas come out and it's a lot of sequels it's a lot of okay but it's this franchise but a different you know style of game like we're just going to make an rts out of the first person shooter that you've been playing for years I'm looking at you, Halo Wars. But they just, it creativity is a little, it gets a little stale sometimes. It gets a little hard, which, I mean, believe me, trying to think of something creative on the scale of a video game idea and, like, making it actually a good one that might succeed, I can't even imagine how to do that. And the fact that people have these good ideas is awesome, but... It's a lot of the same kind of stuff, just like with a different little dress on. You know, it's like it's a first person shooter in the middle of a war. And there's like eight games like that. No, I'm sorry. Never mind. It's a game about zombies. Oh, eh, never mind. There's like 12 games like that. Okay, well, you're in medieval times, but you have magic and there are dragons. Oh, well, shit. Okay, 
Well, how about a game about cricket? Do you guys want to play that? No? Okay. Well, here is an old game that we made how many years ago that you can play again and relive all the great moments you had when you were 12 and learning what your body does. That's weird. But that's the point, is that games, creativity's tough sometimes, and you need a softball. You need a layup that's like, hey, if we just do this, everyone's going to love it. It's going to make us a good amount of money just because people want it, and nostalgia is crazy. So remasters are basically nostalgia factories because everybody had great memories hopefully i mean usually they don't remaster bad games that's kind of stupid if they do if they remastered a game nobody played i don't know what they're expecting there but usually it's with hey this thing was really popular and people really liked it so we're bringing it back people want that because the nostalgia is it's comfort it represents you Going back to a time where you maybe had less responsibilities, life wasn't so tough, you know, you were growing up as a kid and figuring out video games, or you fell in love with this game and it turns out it's really outdated because it's for a system that isn't even supported anymore, or doesn't exist anymore. Like old Sega games, that's really tough to find a Sega console that works well, plays decently, and looks great on a TV. So all these games have to come out that it's like, hey, here's, they're coming out with Aladdin and Lion King for, I think, Sega. They're bringing them back just because it's like, man, people loved those games as a kid. Disney's still huge. People will buy this just because they fell in love. At an earlier age when this game was at its peak, you know, these were great games back in the day, and then they're bringing them back, and hopefully they can, you know, muster up some money muster up some feelings in you that it's like, hey, you're welcome for bringing you back a piece of your childhood. And I appreciate that. I appreciate remasters and ports just because it's, I actually don't appreciate it because it, you know, ruins my backlog and gives me another game that I've played 30 times that now I can get a chance to play it 31 times looking at you, Skyrim. But it, you know, I do honestly appreciate it. It sucks because it adds another game to my library, but it's great because it adds another game to my library. You know, it's another game I can play that I know I'm going to enjoy because I played it already. You know, I've, I've beat it. I've maxed it out 100%, got all the trophies and achievements, did all the alternate endings and stuff, and I get to do it all over again for the first time for the hundredth time. Like, it's it's that feeling that gets you so much dopamine in your head that you're like, man, I am 13 years old again, don't have a girlfriend, don't have a job, don't have any kind of college on the radar. I'm just coming home, playing video games with my friends, and exploring these worlds that these very nice studios have created for us and only for us. Like, it's it's just a weird feeling that no other kind of game can give you. Like, I've been playing World of Warcraft Classic recently, and that's the big one that came out. And droves of people have been excited about it and are playing it consistently just because it's a game that every that millions of people fell in love with. And being from 2004, you know, 15 years ago, it there are people who have kids and lives and have spent the last 15 years still playing World of Warcraft and have been yearning for what that feeling was like back in the day of them playing 
and they just get that now and it's we're like suckers for this stuff like it's it's amazing how much comfort and nostalgia you can get from these games and how basically easy it is to create those feelings again like i'm i've been playing mass effect the trilogy again and i'm like man i played these games like six seven years ago and i play them every like two years ago and i still get the same kind of feelings that man this is a fantastic trilogy of games and i can't wait to have the months go by so i can play it again like it's I am all for creativity and new ideas. I actually need to play some of the new games out there. And I've been dogging it a little bit just because it's I have my old classics that I enjoy that I can play on my new consoles. And I'm, I, I just love video games so much that I want the new and the old to coexist and for me to have zero responsibilities, zero jobs, so I can enjoy them all. That would be great if I can just spend the rest of my life completing my backlog, playing whatever I want, and all the games of my childhood just come back. And here you go, Andy, we did this just for you. That would be great. So I, they're fantastic, but they do have some downsides. And, you know, they're, they're not bulletproof. You know, they're not just easy cash uh, cows that are just like, hey, put this game out, we're going to make millions of dollars, and that'll afford the next game. Some studios do that, and some get away with it just because they had such great games back in the day, and they're kind of in a dry spell. So they're like, here, put out, put out something that we uh, succeeded back in the day. People will eat it up. They're going to pay millions of dollars. We're going to get that and then finance the next game, which, you know, we're playing with house money at that point. We can try something new and see if that becomes the next, you know, big game. The downsides are that it does perpetuate the cycle. So it's like now... Once somebody does a remaster of a game, then everybody else wants to do it because it's like, well, you remastered that game. We have a game that's similar to that. And if people are eating it up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just remaster it too. And then you're going to, everybody's going to fall in love with it. And then we're going to have that couple million dollars from that. So which we can spend wherever we want to. And it's, it's become a trend. It's become its own genre. You can have an entire library of just remastered games from back in the day and not have played any of the ones from, you know, 20, 10, 15 years ago. And there are tons of them. So you could just sit and play those and not even have any idea what it was like to play those back in the day, which is, it's the downside is that everyone starts to do this. And then it becomes like just basically remaking a movie. There are so many uh, horror movies that get remade and they just make the same movie just like eight years later. And it's like, I didn't want to see the next, you know, the same movie, just like a little bit different. And then in five years, you're just going to give me the same movie a little bit different. The one like that, Grand Theft Auto V. I bought Grand Theft Auto V for the Xbox 360. And I was like, great, this is awesome. Grand Theft Auto V, played the hell out of it. And then like, a few years later, it's like, well, here you go. Grand Theft Auto V on PS4. Nothing was changed. It's just you can play it on a PS4 now. It's like, well, if you're going to make a game that's been out for a while, but you just made it on a new system, don't charge me $60 for it. Like, Skyrim was $60, $60, $60 on every single console it came out with. And then it's like, well, now it's on Switch. Here's another $60, please. Like, it's, 
it does get annoying. It gets annoying to the point where I don't need this game 17 different times, work on the next one or work on something else because I like it's especially if it came out on PS4 and then they're going to make it on PS5. It's like I can just make it backwards compatible. I still have the disc. Like if nobody keeps discs anymore, that's why it's, you know, a thing because they're like, well, we have this game. It's digital. You lost your disc from five years ago. Well, here you go. You don't have to go looking at a, a you know, under $10 bin at GameStop. You can, or go on eBay. You can just get this game digital remastered just for you. Like it, it is great because these things happen but it's and they make money for the studios that do give them opportunities to finance other games but it is like a you know catering to the lowest common denominator when it's saying hey we know you're going to pay for this so we're going to make it and we're going to charge full price because we know people are going to buy it because the nostalgia sells so it's it is kind of shallow and low just because they know it's basically like a money-making move, like it's a money, it's a cash grab. But I mean, there are positives, meaning they're games I actually want to play. If they were remastering everything, like if everything was just ported or remastered, like they just redid everything, then no, no studio has that many employees to make an entire remaster and then make this giant new game. Some do, but. Most don't have the resources to take a huge game, remaster it, redo it completely or reboot it or something like that, and then also make a brand new IP that's huge, like that's gigantic and takes a lot of man hours. You just can't. So it's either you make a new game or you release an old game. That's just how it works. You know, it's, the bigger studios maybe can get away with it, but some have to prioritize. They're like, man, if our... If our new game tanks, we're screwed, but we can go with a safe move and just remaster something that we made back in the day that people loved and hopefully we can get some money. But it's it's just, it's kind of a double-edged sword because yeah, I wanted to play that game, but I also wanted to play the new stuff that you're coming out with because you, I have trusted in you as a studio and a developer and a publisher that you have promised me new stuff because I've played all your old games. I trust you. I believe in you and want to see what you come up with. If all I see is that you're coming out with the stuff you've already come out with, then that tells me you're out of ideas. That tells me you can't think of anything new or you don't think it's going to succeed. So you're not even trying. You're just coming out with something that you've already thought of, which please do it. I'm not telling them not to do it. You know, a remaster every once in a while is cool. Make it like an obscure game that nobody's played. And here's the part where Amar would say, make it Jet Set Radio. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future, I think, is his favorite one. He's got a tattoo of it. He, make it the games we want that are obscure. Don't just, you know, okay, this game came out three years ago. It was huge. We're just making it on the new system now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I love Bethesda, but I wouldn't be surprised if they... Uh, put Skyrim on the next generation of consoles, even though the next Elder Scrolls game should be coming out for them in like a year or two. Like, I would not be surprised if they're like, hey, you want to play Skyrim again for like the ninth time? Here you go. Because it's a cash grab. It At its heart, it is a cash grab, but there are some that are making it just because people want it. My example of that is Castle Crashers. So Behemoth made Castle Crashers in 2015, and 
It was only on Xbox 360. And then they're like, well, okay, we're going to have it a remastered on Xbox One. And then we're going to slowly put it to other systems as well. And they're just like, because this is Castle Crashers wasn't the most successful game in the world. You know, it's not the hugest, biggest game in the world. It's a very fun game. I recommend you check it out. It's coming out on Switch, PS4, everything, you know, in the next few days or something like that. It will be on all systems. But they realized that there are so many people who didn't get a chance to play it because they don't have an Xbox. And they didn't get a chance to play it back when it came out, and they didn't get a chance to play the remastered version. Like, for me, I was a PS4 owner, a sole PS4 owner for the longest time. And I'm like, I didn't get to play Castle Crashers again once I lost my Xbox 360. I couldn't play it because it's a digital game only. And, you know, I really missed that game. And then they're like, hey, we know that our fans want this game. We're doing it for everybody. So everybody gets a chance to play it no matter what system you're on. That is the best situation you can have where they just want everybody to play it. They're like, hey, we knew you guys were wanting this. We gave it to you because now everyone can experience the same kind of things that everybody who played it in Xbox 360 back in 2015 had. And that's that's the best. When it's just the same game like two years later before it's like even like really been declared like finished like it's they're not updating it with you know dlc or having a bunch of patches or something like if it's you know it's a year and a half later here's a remaster it's like come on dude like especially that time when the xbox one was coming out all these games were like yeah they just came out for the xbox 360 but we made uh, an xbox one copy and i'm like are you kidding me like i'm not just gonna rebuy this game i bought a year ago or like even six months ago just because I got a new system now. That's why I wish all systems were backwards compatible. Switch, that's going to be tough because there's only one, you know, you can't play Wii games on a Switch or GameCube games on a Switch, but you can emulate them or make them, you know, digital ports on the Switch. I would love that. I want to play Luigi's Mansion 1 again on the Switch. I want to play all my GameCube games on the Switch. That would be great. But, you know, just... Cater to the people, don't just use it as a, a cheap cash grab because we're going to see through that right away. We're going to say, okay, really? You're remastering that? Like, this is... The example I have is Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered. I wanted the game just because that came out on Xbox 360 and I you know, haven't had a chance to play that in a while. And I heard they were going to release a remastered copy and I was like, great, but... The thing they did is you only got to uh, play that game if you bought Infinite Warfare. So you had to buy it, and it was extra. You had to buy the Infinite Warfare with the Deluxe Edition with uh, Call of Duty 4 Remastered in order to play it. And I'm like, well, no one's going to buy Infinite Warfare by itself because it looked like crap. And I was, I was one of those. I was like, no, I'm not playing this stupid space Call of Duty. I don't care. So I was like, but I have to buy it because I wanted Modern Warfare Remastered. So they they knew that all the suckers for the nostalgia and the play, uh, people that played that game and meant like nuts back in the day were going to buy this because they're like, well, we can count this as an a Infinite Warfare number. You know, that'll boost our numbers if we say, well, you can only buy Infinite Warfare to get uh, Call of Duty 4 Remastered, Modern Warfare Remastered. And I'm like, that's kind of a cheap move. Like, yeah, it worked, 
but that doesn't mean you should have done it. And then eventually they released it by itself because they realized that people were actually unhappy with Infinite Warfare. So they were just returning it and saying, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to buy it then. Like, release it by itself. And then they finally did. And they're like, here you go. Here's Modern Warfare Remastered, but it's only digital. So you got to, you know, do that. And finally they realized that people wanted that game and not Infinite Warfare, but they used our love of nostalgia and our comfort factors and the dopamine factors that associated with the comfort and the nostalgia to sell their own game. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's smart, like requiring us to do that, but it's also a dick move. So I didn't really appreciate it. And all in all, I think remasters are a great thing, but don't overdo it because then we're going to see right through it and realize that you're out of ideas. If you're remastering a game that nobody asked for, or that just came out, or that, you know, clearly is just to make you some money so you can afford the next one. Like, I love Bioware games, but Mass Effect Andromeda did not do that well. So if they remaster the trilogy, and then come out with it, like, to finance the next Mass Effect, like, it's kind of like a, yeah, your last move tanked, so you're going with something that's a little bit safer. So for fantasy players, if daily fantasy players, if you, anybody, you guys out there, if you want somebody that's safe or the safe play, or you want the upside play, upside plays are new games, safe plays are remasters and ports. It's just easy money that you don't have to work very hard. You sometimes have to work hard for, but some, you don't, it's not a lot of creativity that goes into it because all the creativity has already been done. Like the most creativity goes into how do we make this for new consoles? How do we make this and better uh, improve? How do we make it better for this next console? But still sticking to what we had already made. Or ports, you just, hey, how do we put this on the new console so it doesn't look like crap? So that's the safe play. The upside is this has upside. This might be the next Fortnite. It might be the next Apex Legends. It might be the next World of Warcraft. But we need to, you know, try it. We either need to try and fail or try and succeed you know don't just go for the low-hanging fruit so i what the future holds for remasters and ports i'm very interested in because we're going to have another console generation we are going to have the ps5 and the xbox two xbox one two x i don't know xbox something xbox box i don't know the new xbox we're going to have a next console generation which means all of the games that aren't backwards compatible, that you don't have the discs for, they are going to get to determine who wants remasters and who gets ports and who has backwards compatibility, meaning the new games that we get for the new consoles are going to be built for them. And we hopefully will get remasters that we enjoy that are maybe obscure or new, that it's like, hey, we are bringing uh, Jet Set Radio Future to the uh, Xbox 17 because we can. You know, we have technology has updated enough that we can do that, especially with this console that can handle it and graphically enhance this game. You know, that would be great. If you're just like, well, here's Skyrim again. Here's Grand Theft Auto V again. Here's all this other stuff. I'm like, why are you wasting my time? Like, build something new. Then if you're just going to make a remaster for PS5 or Xbox 3, Xbox One, One, just 
use that money and time to make a new game for the console so it can look pretty and entertain people and make it in, make it a new franchise or a new source of revenue for you. Don't just, well, here's a safe play just to start out. You know, we're going to see right through that and then you're not, you're going to be behind everybody. You're, it should be a race to be the next big franchise on PS5 or the new Xbox. You know, it should, that should be the goal. That's why we're probably not going to see many new titles or many new anything until those things come out. Because it's like, why, why waste all of your energy building a game for PS4 when that's going to be obsolete in like a year or two after the PS5 comes out? Why bother? So that's, it's interesting to see what we're going to come out with and how successful it is. I'm going to look at the World of Warcraft classic numbers because I want to see how, you know, how its numbers in terms of people playing it, how many people are sticking with it, how many people go to the go back to the new World of Warcraft, the modern World of Warcraft, you know, how this game was huge, still is, and then brought in so many more people who maybe had a falling out or, you know, saw it and were like, man, I played it back in the day, I'm going to go back and play it. Or, you know, all the people that play the new one that wanted to try what it was originally like. I'm interested to see what, interested to see what the numbers look like and how many people stick with it, because then that'll be telling. How many people really, like, nostalgia and the comfort can only last so long. It can only go so far. So how, how much do these people really want this, and then do they realize, man, this game was from a long time ago, and it kind of shows because we have made so many more graphic, technological, audio, gameplay improvements in the last how many years of this game, and it turns out that was a much more fulfilling experience than the one I got back in the day when I didn't know any better. I didn't know what was going to come in the future. I didn't know what this game was capable of or what the studio was capable of. You know, that, that's the thing is that you, these remasters show you what the games were like back in the day and how they would have been made now. Like, if they had the same kind of improvements they could have made back then, to, so it's either going to be a great game or it realizes, yeah, this game is still kind of limited based on how the game was back in the day. It's the same kind of experience, but, you know, it, if it just looks prettier, then the nostalgia kind of wears off after a while. That happened to me with Spyro. I was trying to play Spyro the Dragon the whole way through, all three of them, and then it's just got to be so grindy, and I'm like, man... This game was not, it was more fun back in the day because it's like was the only game around that I had that I wanted to play like a bunch of. Whereas today it's like this, it's kind of simple. It's this nostalgia wore off when I realized how much of a grind it was and how kind of a pain in the ass it was. Crash Bandicoot as well. Like those were fun games back in the day because those were our games. And we couldn't, we couldn't see into the future to see how much more complex and intricate gameplay and graphics would be you know if we could see that we'd say no i'm just gonna wait you know they're just gonna remake this game and make it look better anyway and save my money and not spend the 60 dollars for a 17th time on skyrim but i i this has been my rant on remasters and ports you know it's just been kind of scattered around because there's tons of stuff that's coming out that's cool, but I keep looking at my backlog and seeing all the games that are on there that say Xbox 360 on the side or our PS3 games that I'm like, yeah, okay, I want to play that again. Like it, I'm just at a weird time and preparing for all the new stuff that comes out. 
that it's it's interesting to see what all has been released in terms of games that were made how many years ago and how many games are continuing to be remade and remastered just to keep them in the public eye and keep them being uh being played and prevent them from being forgotten about and lost to you know the sands of time so it's it's interesting and i want to know what the future holds for remasters and ports like with the ps5 and the xbox 720 or whatever the hell it is i don't know if it's got some weird name amara would correct me but i don't know what it is just i just hope it doesn't suck and they get rid of the brick that'd be cool but this has been the Board Certified Gaming Podcast. If you guys like this, make sure to like the video on YouTube, uh, comment, give us a review, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next week, next Wednesday, when these come out. Make sure to follow the Twitter, Instagram, check out the Twitch, all that fun stuff. Amar will be back next week. We'll talk about something else. It'll probably be related to gaming. I think you can put money on that. But... Yeah, I'm Andy. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.